Gets a ball out. Eighth inning, 10-3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out a real pitch. He swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the playoff edition of Flippin' Bats. I'm your host, Ben Verlander. October is here. The field is set, and we're going to have an incredible show. I'm going to go through all my playoff predictions, and then we're going to round the bases off the top with some of the storylines from the playoffs ahead. And then we have Ken Rosenthal joining us, an absolute legend, the hardest working man in all of October. He's going to join me here in a few minutes as well as Sammy P. We got not one, but two guests for you. Sammy P is our gambling specialist. We're going to talk all about the odds and where you should be placing your money if you want to bet on this coming playoffs. And towards the end, we're going to go through uh, top five pitchers and hitters that are still alive in the playoffs and guys that you should be watching out for and that you cannot miss when they are on TV. But let's get into it off the top with my playoff predictions round by round. We're going to predict what's about to go down. Here's the board right here. Playoff baseball. The field is set. It is October. I could not be more pumped up for this. But let's start talking about these series. First off, we had the Yankees and the Red Sox wild card game that took place a couple nights ago. The Red Sox came out victorious against Garrett Cole. The $300 million man couldn't get it done. He only went two innings. Two innings, couple runs scored off of him. Red Sox end up winning that game. And then this happened a few minutes ago. We're live here right now. It is almost it's 1 a.m. on the East Coast. This game just finished up. But we are here grinding the Dodgers with the walk-off victory against the Cardinals to advance to the NLDS against the Giants. So Dodgers, Giants, historic series. First time they've ever played in the playoffs. So excited for that. But we're going to start on the American League side. We're going to start with this series right here. Rays, Red Sox. Look, this one for me, for me it's easy. I like the Rays here. I like the Rays pretty quickly, to be honest with you. Three or four games. They're the cream of the crop right now in the American League. They're the best team we got. They were the best team all year in the American League. They're pitching everything this team does. They do so well. I think the Rays roll here. I really do. I think the Rays roll. I think it's three or four games. I think what they added into this lineup with Nelson Cruz, I think that was such a big addition for this team. You look at the years past in the playoffs with the Rays, they've never had that big bat in the middle of the lineup. They got Nelson Cruz now. Boomstick right in the middle of that lineup, and we all know what they can do on the pitching side. I love the Rays here. I think they roll. Then in the other series, Houston Astros against the Chicago White Sox. This one for me is a little tough. This one's tougher. I like the Chicago White Sox to win this game. I really do. I think the White Sox are the most complete team in the American League. I think they're one, two, three in the rotation of Lucas Giolito, of Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon. And then they got Dylan Cease in there, who's great as well. I think their pitching staff is what separates them against the Astros. Look, I love this Astros team. They're the best offensive team in baseball. But I just think what the White Sox do, complete, complete team. They can hit, they can pitch, and they can close out games. I think that's what the Astros struggle with, is being able to pitch. And I, I, I'm worried about the Astros in the playoffs when it comes to this team. I think the White Sox are the more complete team, and that's why I'm going to take them to advance to the ALCS against the Rays. So we got Rays, 
White Sox is my ALCS prediction. And here, I'm going to take the White Sox. Look, I know this is a long shot. I know you guys think the Rays are the high seed. What are you, what are you doing here? I love the White Sox to eliminate the Rays and advance to the World Series simply because of what I said. Look, it's the pitching for me. I think they advance past the Rays. I love this Rays team. I love everything they do. But I love the White Sox, and I think they get it done in the ALCS against the Rays. So let's move on over to the National League, and we will start with that historic series, the San Francisco Giants against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm pumped. I am so pumped for this series. It's never happened in October. One of the most historic matchups in all of baseball. Now we get it in the NLDS. The Look, these two teams battled it out all year in the NL West. Back and forth, the, the Giants were the number one team all year, but these two were neck and neck coming down the stretch. The Giants pulled it out by a game. They're the number one seed. The Dodgers had to get through a playoff, a play-in game that we just watched. Chris Taylor hit the walk-off. It was sick, but now they're here. And your reward for hitting that walk-off home run is you get to play the best team in all of baseball all year. That's what you get. This team is going to be the number one team in all of baseball is going to be an underdog coming into this series against the Dodgers because of their roster. But I'm going to take the Giants in this series. Look, I believe in this Giants team more so than most people do. I think a lot of people are going to come into this series and think, yeah, you know, it was neck and neck all year, but the Dodgers are the better team. Here's why I disagree with that. The Giants pitching rotation is so underrated. Pitching wins in the playoffs and the injuries that the, that the Dodgers have on the pitching side. Dustin May going down. Kershaw not available in the postseason. Max Muncy, we don't know how long he's going to be out, but that hurts them. That's one, of the, that's one of the most underrated stories, I think, heading into this playoffs for the Dodgers is not enough people are, are realizing how much this hurts them. Max Muncy was the team MVP this year. You know, take out Max Scherzer and Trey Turner coming on board because once the, those guys both could be. But from somebody that was on the team all year long, Max Muncy is their guy. And he's out. And we don't even know for how long. That's a big, big blow for this team. That's why I'm taking the Giants to win, because I think their pitching can get it done against a star-studded Dodgers team. But let's head on to the other series, the Brewers against the Atlanta Braves. The Brewers are the higher seed. They're going to be the home team. That's a big reason why I am taking the Milwaukee Brewers here to win this series against the Braves. In large part because, look, it's a theme here. There's a theme. Pitching. Pitching wins in the playoffs. What do the Brewers have? Pitching. And a lot of it. Look at their one, two, three. Tell me who matches up well with a rotation of Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. And then you get to hand it off late in the game to Josh Hader, who's one of the best closers in all of baseball, if not the best. I love this team. I actually, look, I want to talk about the Atlanta Braves for a second because I had the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series when the season started, but this team is a shell of what they were to start the year. No Ronald Acuna, no Marcelo Zuna, no Mike Soroka, a shell of what they were. I like the way they did it. I like what they did at the trade deadline, but I think the Brewers advance past the Braves here, which gives us a San Francisco Giants and a Milwaukee Brewers NLCS matchup which I think is a matchup for the ages. 
I'm a big fan of this matchup. Everybody probably wants the Dodgers and the Braves. Not me. Not me. I want this matchup. Two star-studded teams full of pitching on both sides. And for the reasons I said earlier, I'm going to take the Milwaukee Brewers here to win the NL pennant and advance to the World Series because... The pitching, that one, two, three in the rotation. On top of what they did halfway through the year, they added Willie Adamas, they added Eduardo Escobar. I think those are two huge pieces. So, look, if the Milwaukee Brewers can get half of what Christian Yelich was, his MVP or his runner-up MVP season, I think this is a no-brainer. But I don't need that to happen. I think this team is good enough with what they have and just how Christian Yelich has played this year. He's very much so underperformed, but I still love this team. I love what they added with Escobar and Willie Adamas, and that, and, and paired with the pitching, is why I have them advancing to the World Series, which leaves us with the Milwaukee Brewers and Chicago White Sox World Series. The World Series that everybody wanted this year, right? Maybe not, but it's what I got. It's what I see happening. I like the Chicago White Sox. I like the Milwaukee Brewers. If you see a theme here, there's definitely a theme. Pitching wins in the playoffs. We've seen it a lot. We've seen it in the past. We've seen it with the Nationals. We've seen it with the Astros. These two teams, nobody does it better than them. Nobody does it better than those two teams in this year's playoffs. Look, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta against Lance Lynn, um, Carlos Rodon, and Lucas Giolito. Count me in. But what I'm going to take here, my winner of the World Series is the Chicago White Sox. And let me make one more point before I move on and explain why I feel more comfortable about this. Tony La Russa, not my favorite hire coming into this season. But now that we're heading into October, which we know we're in October, playoff preview episode here on Flipping Bats, I like Tony La Russa. He's been here. He's not going to be the guy that's pushing the panic button, which we see all the time in October. The second the calendar turns to October, managers start pushing the panic button. They've managed the same way for 162 games, and it's the reason your team gets here. And then the calendar turns to October, and they just start pushing the panic button and pulling Garrett Cole in the second inning and bringing in starters out of the bullpen. They totally change it up. You know who's not going to hit the panic button? Tony La Russa. He's been there. He's done that. And I love him leading the way against this young, talented team that doesn't have the experience in the playoffs, being led by somebody with experience on top of how talented the team is. And that is why I have the Chicago White Sox winning the 2021 World Series. So there you have it. My playoff predictions now let's get into it. Let's round the bases with some of the storylines that I'm looking forward to in this coming playoffs. All right, let's get into it with first base. One of my top storylines is the Houston Astros pitching. What can we get from the Houston Astros pitching? As we just heard, I picked the White Sox to win the World Series, but I truly believe the Houston Astros can win the World Series, but they got to get something from their pitching. Those two, three, four guys in the rotation scare me. What can you get from Framber Valdez, from Luis Garcia, from Urquidy? What can you get from those guys? That's what scares me with this team, is the pitching. We all know about their offense. We all know they have one of the best offenses in all of baseball. But the pitching scares me. 
It really does. It scares me to death. I think they can beat the White Sox, but you gotta, you gotta get something from this pitching staff. What are you gonna get from them? What are you gonna get from a potential rookie of the year, Luis Garcia? We don't know. He's unproven in the playoffs. That's what bothers me. And so many of these guys are unproven in the playoffs. When you look at Astros teams from the past, you have my brother, you have Justin Verlander, you have Garrett Cole, you have Zach Granke, who's now going to be coming out of the bullpen. Zach Granke hasn't been pitching great. He's coming out of the pen. So we all know what this offense can do, but what can you get from the pitching staff? That's what the Astros 2021 season is going to come down to. They're all unproven. They're all unproven in the playoffs, except for Urquidy. But what can you get from those two, three, four guys? I love Lance McCullers. That guy is a gamer. Lance McCullers is a gamer, man. That guy goes out in October and just shuts people down. So I love Lance McCullers. You start with him game one. I love that. But you get to game two, you get to game three, you get to game four. What can you get from those guys? And then the back end of the bullpen, or, or what, is, what is Ryan Stanek going to bring to the team? What, is, what are these other guys going to bring? You traded for Graveman, but what can you get elsewhere? That's my worry with this Astros team. But if they can step up, if they can prove themselves, this team is more than capable of winning the World Series. But I do have the White Sox in that series because this pitching has some stuff to prove. If they can prove themselves, that changes everything. But they have to prove themselves. And this postseason, we're going to see what they're made of. This Astros team is built different than they ever have been. This postseason, they get to prove themselves. The offense has to come as we know they will, and the pitching has to show up because pitching wins in October. And that pitching is what scares me with this Astros team. But let's move on over to second, the Tampa Bay Rays. Is this their year? Is this the year the Tampa Bay Rays can win the World Series for the first time in franchise history? They're the number one team in the American League. They're the number one seed. What are we going to get from them? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Here's what worries me with this team. Blake Snell, he's in San Diego. You remember last year when he had the dominant game, Kevin Cash took him out probably too early. He's not on the team anymore. Tyler Glass now, their best starting pitcher, a Cy Young candidate. We had him on the, we had him on the show to start the year. We've had a few Rays. Tyler Glass now, Brett Phillips, Ryan Yarbrough, these guys are studs. But Glass now is not in the rotation. And that's what worries me about this Tampa Bay Rays team is Tyler Glasnow is not on the team anymore. Blake Snell's not here. Who are those guys going to be in October that step up? We all know it's the Tampa Bay Rays. We don't, we don't know the guys that are going to step up, but we know somebody's going to step up. But is it enough to get to the World Series, to win the World Series? I, I don't think so. I really don't. I, I, I think they dominate the first round, and then I think they run into a team that has that pitching that has that established pitching in, in, in the Chicago White Sox. And I don't, think the, I don't think the Rays have enough firepower. They don't have that guy in the rotation. You need those guys. You need guys in the rotation. And who do they, who, you know, they don't have those guys. They really don't. They have a bunch of studs back there that you know are going to get the job done, but this team doesn't have that Blake Snell that Tyler Glass now, and that's what worries me most. So I don't think the Rays have what it takes to, to become, after winning the most games in the American League, after being the cream of the crop in the American League this year, 
I don't think they have what it takes to get to the world to, to, to win the World Series. It worries me. I like this Rays team. I hope they pack the trop. That's one thing that could help. All we hear, you, you know, we're going to have this banner revealed about them going to Montreal and splitting their games in Montreal and Tampa. Get rid of that. Pack the trop and build them a new stadium in Tampa for Pete's sake. Get them out of there. It's impossible to get to, but I don't think they have what it takes to win the World Series this year. But let's head on over to third base. The NL West matchup that we've all been seeing all year. The NL West was the best division in baseball this year. We had the Padres, who were exciting for a little while, but every time they played the Dodgers, it was excitement. Excitement when, when Tatis hit the bomb, covered his eye, trolling Trevor Bauer around in the bases. Tatis also hit like three home runs in a game and felt like he hit all of his home runs against the Dodgers this year. That series was great. But you know what series was also great in the regular season? The Dodgers and the Giants. And now, for the first time in postseason history, we get that matchup in October. You know what these two teams did this year that really separated themselves? They went for it at the trade deadline. These two teams were great. Don't get me wrong. They were really, really good, even leading up to the trade deadline. But you look at the teams that went for it. You look at the Dodgers. They get Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, two huge pieces, a Cy Young candidate and an MVP candidate. And then you go to the Giants, who were the number one team in all of baseball. And they, they see the Dodgers make that move. And then they go and get Chris Bryant. You know what these moves were made for? This series, October. That's why they made these moves. That's why they went and got Chris Bryant and Trey Turner and Max Scherzer for October. It wasn't to win the division. It was to win in October. And now we're here and these two get, these two get to play each other. I couldn't be more pumped about this series. The Giants and the Dodgers, the best two teams in baseball, the best two teams in the NL West. It was exciting all year. It's a historic rivalry. And now we get it in October where, where juices are already flowing. The fans are going to be packing the stadium. Everybody will have their eyes on this series. We're going to get good pitching on both sides. Max Scherzer, Kevin Gosman, Alex Wood, Julio Urias. We're going to get it all. And then we got good hitting from everybody. Look, the, the, we all know the Dodgers. We all know who's on their team. But I want to talk about the Giants hitting because it's underrated. You look back to 2012. You have Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, all these guys. Now you look to 2021, and they're the same guys getting it done. They are getting it done this year. Buster Posey's having a career year. Brandon Crawford's having a career year. I love this matchup. I am so excited for this matchup. You get the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are going to be favored against the best team in baseball, a division clash for the first time in October. Give me that. Give me all of that. Give me this series. And it starts here in a couple days. The, the, the Dodgers just come off a huge walk-off win about a, a couple hours ago as we're recording this show. I can't wait for this matchup. All right, round in third, heading home, the Chicago White Sox. Why do I have the Chicago White Sox winning the World Series? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you why I got the Chicago White Sox winning the World Series. Look, I know this isn't a popular pick. I, I, I know there's teams that are more favored, but I love this team. I love my prediction. Tony La Russa leading the way with this squad is going to be huge. I'm telling you, I talked about it a little bit. 
but you can't understate how valuable managers are in the postseason. You see it all the time, managers hit the panic button. Tony La Russa, he's not going to do that. But I've talked about this rotation a lot. It's not just the rotation that I like. It's Jose Abreu. It's Yasmani Grandal, who's having a career year as a catcher. This guy was hitting 150 and was almost an all-star. This guy's a stud. Then he, the second half of his season, he turns it on. Then you look at Tim Anderson. Look, this team is full of energy. I, I, I heard it far too often this year. This team, they, they don't play anybody. Who are they playing? When, then when they do play good teams, their record's not very good. Cut it out. Cut it out. I don't care. This team knew they were division champs since June. Since the season started, they knew that they were going to win the division. They knew they were going to be in the playoffs. But look, they've proven that they can win big games. I know it's just one game. But I look back at that Field of Dreams game that I was at. I, I, I was there. I saw the magic happen. They played the New York Yankees, who have all the star power in the world, in the biggest regular season game that we have seen in, in 20 years. And they went on that national stage, and they proved something to me. They proved that they could hang with anybody. They proved that they have the firepower to hang with anybody. They proved that they have the starting pitching to hang with anybody. And they proved that Liam Hendricks in the back end of that bullpen can shut you down. And then you look at the eighth inning guy, you have one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, one of the best closers in all of baseball leading up to the trade deadline in Craig Kimbrell. Now he's their eighth inning guy. So you have an eighth inning guy, and then you have a ninth inning guy that are dominant. You have a one, two, three in the starting rotation that are dominant. Pitching wins in the playoffs. But these guys have the firepower to put up some runs too. Luis Robert is going to be He's a future MVP candidate in my eyes. This guy's a stud. I believe it was our own Frank Thomas that said, this guy's a six-tool player. Six tools. I don't even know what that six-tool is, but he's got it. The guy's a stud. He's been tearing the cover off the ball. So you look at him. You look at Yasmani Grandal. You look at Tim Anderson. You look at the reigning MVP, Jose Abreu. On top of the pitching staff, on top of having a manager that has been there and won the World Series before, multiple times, he ain't pushing the panic button. And with this team, that's dangerous. What does worry me with this team, and this is a big one, I've talked about their rotation. Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon was an AL Cy Young candidate this year. His last two starts, his velo, not there. His velo has been down. That worries me big time. What are we going to get out of him? What can we get from Carlos Rodon, one of the best pitchers in the American League all year? He's a big part of my prediction. I don't think he's hurt. I think he's a little worn out. He's gotten a little bit of rest. They're not going to pitch him until he's home. So he'll be bumping off that home adrenaline in the playoffs. That's my thought. But I don't know. I can't say for sure. But one guy that might be able to say for sure is a legend. He's my guest, and let's bring him in. The absolute legend. Look, nobody works harder in October than this guy. I mean that. Nobody. You look everywhere. Ken Rosenthal is there. And where do you have to look now? Right here. Let's bring him in. Our special guest today, Ken Rosenthal. Ken, thank you so much for joining me, man. 
Thank you, Ben. Of course. Hey, let's get right into it. It's obviously playoff time, but before we get into playoffs, I want to talk about a team that I thought was certainly going to be in the playoffs. An extremely talented team. Some big news coming out of San Diego today with Jace Tingler being fired. Uh, what is the latest on the Padres coaching search? Do you, what, where do you see this team going for their managerial search? Ben, I don't really know the answer to that question. And I say that because the obvious thing to do would be to hire an experienced manager. They've now had, under A.J. Preller, two first-time managers, first-time major league managers, fired. Andy Green was the first, and now Jace Tingler today. So you would think, as the pendulum swings, it would go back the other way. Now, right. who might that be? Obviously, the hottest name has been Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy has managed the Padres before. But as we wrote in The Athletic last week, would Bruce Bochy want to work for general manager A.J. Preller, who is perceived by some to be a very hands-on guy, a guy that is not so easy to work for. And if you're Bruce Bochy, is that the opportunity you want, or do you want to wait for something else? How do you view it? I don't know. But I would expect the answer would be an experienced manager. Yep, cool. Uh, let's, stick in the, let's stick in the NL West. And a game that's taking place took place tonight. The Dodgers, Max Muncy. What is the latest on Max Muncy? To me, that is a very underrated injury for them. That's a big key piece for that team. What can we expect moving forward uh, from Max Muncy? Well, that's a good question. And obviously, that's an injury that only he and the Dodgers know how it will improve and progress and all of that. I'm not sure what to expect, if anything, from Max Muncy. And it is a big blow. They've got Matt Beattie. They've got Albert Pujols. They've got Bellinger they can play over there. It's not as if they don't have players, but Max Muncy has been a huge part of that mm -hmm. team. Probably their leading MVP candidate of the guys who have been on the team all season. I'm not talking about Scherzer and Trey Turner. Offensively, defensively, he has been excellent. So with Muncy out, depends obviously if the Dodgers advance, but if he, they do advance and he's not there, it's a problem. Yeah, I, I, I love Matt. I think Max Muncy's a very underrated piece in that lineup and doesn't get enough love. That's a, that's a big, big, big missing piece. Um, sticking with some playoff teams, the Chicago White Sox. Carlos Rodon, a huge part to this team. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Where are they going to pitch him in the rotation? Have you heard anything about that? His last two starts, Velo's been down, hasn't gone deep into games. A little concerning from my end. What can we expect from him in the series against the Astros? I'm not sure. They've given him a lot of rest. They haven't given him a full endorsement on his health, his quality, and any of that. They basically have been kind of close to the vest and probably taking it day by day to some extent, seeing how he is physically. Obviously, they're better with him than without him, but I don't know that we can expect too much from Rodan in the postseason based on what we saw in the final month or so of the regular season. Actually, almost two months. So, if he's right, yeah, great. But I don't know that he's right. The White Sox really yeah. are not indicating right. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And sticking al along the, the injury theme here, the wild card game the other night, J.D. Martinez clearly didn't play. Freak injury, tweaked his ankle on second base and running from the dugout. Um, will he be on the roster in the ALDS against the Rays? No decision on that yet. He took wow. some light drill today and – that ankle blew up. We know that much. But whether he is able to play or not remains to be seen. Of course, they can DH him, so that takes mm -hmm. a little pressure off the leg. He's not in the field, not moving around as much. 
But at the same time, it sounded at least initially like it was somewhat serious. He couldn't play last night, right? In a wild card yeah. game, a game that they had to have and a game they won without him. So I'm not sure of the status just yet, Ben. We'll learn that tomorrow morning. And we'll just have to see where they are with J.D. Martinez or without him. One thing about the Red Sox, they put 13 players on the COVID IL between August 27th and September 12th or 13th, something like that. And they adopted kind of a next man up mentality, right? They had to. Yeah. Well, same thing here. And J.D. Martinez is a huge part of what they do, but they might have to play without him. That's a great point. That, that's why you're the best right there, Ken. Next man up attitude. Um, so the Red Sox end up winning that game, even without J.D. Martinez, as you mentioned. The team that did not win that game, the New York Yankees. What is that? What does the future hold for Aaron Boone? In my opinion, I, you got to move on. I, what, what are you thinking? What are you hearing about Aaron Boone's future with the New York Yankees? I can understand your perspective, Ben. I'm not sure I expect them to move on. Oh, wow. And Aaron Boone, them what they wanted after Joe Girardi. They wanted a manager who could connect with players, who could collaborate with the front office, who could remain calm in the eye of the storm. Aaron Boone, for whatever fault he might have, has done all that. So they essentially asked him to do something or a number of things. He's done them. And now you're going to say, with a flawed team, it's your fault. I have a hard time believing this. Remember, he was Brian Cashman's hand-picked guy True. to replace Girardi. I would imagine Boone stays, but I'm not right. totally convinced of that. And the question, if you let him go, is, well, okay, who's the next guy? And that's an answer that's not necessarily so easy to come up with. Yeah. Well, one thing I found really interesting post-game, specifically from Aaron Boone, was his post-game comment that he made, that he feels as if the rest of the league – is, is catching up to the New York Yankees. What d Did you find that odd? I feel, they haven't won a championship, Ken, since 2009. I feel like they're the ones that need to do the catching up. <laughs> was that weird? No, Ben, I, I agree with you. I found that comment <laughs> not like they've been up here for the last five, ten years. Granted, they've been a playoff team, and they've been a really good team. But when he talks about the league catching up to them, well, they've come down a little bit too and that's part of the reason they're in the position that they're in remember before the trade deadline there was a lot of commotion around this team and i wrote a column basically saying all right what about the gm what about the manager what about the players what are they doing now they kind of saved themselves at the deadline cashman made those deals they played better after that but gallo is yeah. totally hit or miss Rizzo missed time, wasn't quite the same when he came back, but really had some big hits for them. And they're kind of at a crossroads, like a lot of teams in their position would be. Where do they go from here? I'm not sure. But they have a lot of decisions to make. Forget Boone and Cashman for a second. On the field, what are they going to do with shortstop? How are they going to proceed with this pitching right. staff? What are they going to do with Greg Garden? Do they bring him back? Judge, do you sign him long term? There are tons of decisions. And that's what they're going to have to face no matter what they do with right. the GM and manager. How, how do they bridge that gap? If, how, how do the New York Yankees bridge the gap and get past the, the Tampa Rays, the Houston Astros, the teams that have been beating them over the course of the past five, ten years? How do they bridge that gap? Better health would help, right? They've had a True. lot of injury issues. 
by the end of the year, their bullpen was straightened out. Severino was part of that. If he comes back to the rotation next year, that certainly helps. And Tyone, if he's healthy, a year under his belt now, that would be good. But yes, they're going to have to address all this. And I think they need to find the shortstop and put Torres back at second base, move on perhaps to Luke Voigt if Mayhew goes back to first. They have a lot of decisions, a lot of things along these lines. How much are you going to play Stanton in the outfield going forward? Well, he seems to be liberated a little bit by doing that. I don't know if there's a correlation there, but <laughs> it certainly looked like. So, again, pitching is where it all starts. That yeah. has to be their first priority, and that's a hard thing to build if you're not doing it like the Rays are, collecting guys and making them better. Yep. Yeah. And you mentioned their two trade deadline moves. Joey Gallo is under control again next year. Anthony Rizzo being the other. Is he a New York Yankee next year? I don't know. And certainly what I just mentioned about maybe getting a shortstop, Torres at second, and then LeMahieu at first, that would lead you to believe there's no room for Anthony Rizzo unless you put him in some kind of first base DH kind of rotation, which I don't know that he wants, and I don't know that is ultimately going to be their answer. I know A-Rod on the broadcast last night was talking a lot about how they need Anthony Rizzo. Well, it'd be tough to have Anthony Rizzo in a big-time shortstop and fit all the pieces unless you trade Torres and play LeMahieu at second, which is one way to do it. But Torres is still a relatively affordable guy, and all those other ones are going to be expensive. So I don't expect Rizzo to be on their team next year, but – Hey, free agency is a wild thing. We know that, and who knows what to predict. My brother's certainly about to find out about uh, the old free agency being chaos as well. Um, Ken, before I let you go, you know more about baseball than anybody. You eat, sleep, breathe baseball. I got to ask you before you go, who do you have in the World Series, Ken? Ben, I knew where you were going with this. <laughs> and I what you say, but my pick's Every year, not like every other year, every year they stink. <laughs> and I think I know something, but the one thing the game teaches you, and it teaches even the greatest, like your brother, it's humbling to everyone. And you think you know something, you don't know anything. So I make my picks every year, but I kind of do it lightheartedly. I did pick the White Sox, I picked the Dodgers. I don't even remember if it was them or over the Dodgers or the Dodgers over them, whatever. But I'm going to be wrong, so it's just a guarantee. Well, what does matter is that Ken Rosenthal and I have the exact same World Series champion, the White Sox, so that means the White Sox will probably not be winning the World Series this year <laughs> because we predicted that. Sure. Ken, thank you so much for joining me, man. You're an absolute legend, and I'm always so appreciative when you come on this show and talk to me for a few minutes. Enjoy the rest of October and keep killing it, man. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Of course. Thanks. All right, I wanted to thank Ken Rosenthal again for joining me. What a legend. And I know he said his predictions aren't normally right, but look, this guy knows more baseball than anybody. And he's predicting the same team I am, the Chicago White Sox. So thanks again, Ken Rosenthal. But look, let's get right into our other conversation with our Fox Sports Gambling Specialist, Sammy P, who will be joining me now to talk about some of his picks for the playoffs. Sammy P, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. It's only one o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. I just woke the fish up behind me. So keep it down. They're trying to sleep. I can't wait, man. We're looking at some big series here and money's already moving. You know, money never sleeps, Ben. 
No, it doesn't, and neither do we. The NL wildcard game just wrapped up. Chris Taylor with a huge walk-off bomb to send them to the NLDS against the Giants, and we will get to that series in a little while. But let's start in the American League, Samuel. Let's start with this ALDS matchup against the Rays and the Red Sox. The Red Sox are plus 160 to win this bad boy, and the Rays are favored minus 190. What do you like in this series? I like Alex Cora at a plus price. I think there's something to be said about a manager that knows how to push buttons for his squad and a manager who's been here before. And it's not a knock against Kevin Cash. I just think the Red Sox have this aura of we've been here before, we've done this before. And that's why when this market opened up in Las Vegas, Tampa was minus 200. The initial Apple Bites, they came in on Boston. They knocked this thing down from raise minus 200 to raise minus 180. Obviously, there's always going to be some buyback there, so they fought it back to 190. But the initial sharp money in Las Vegas and on Foxbet came in on the Boston Red Sox, which is surprising because from what I can gather, if this game, if this series goes five games, the Red Sox might only be favored in one game. You know, a sale goes in game two and game five. Those will be in Tampa. Tampa will be favored here. Avaldi in game three, probably favored at Fenway. But in every other game, the Rays will be favored. Still a little surprising, though. The Red Sox got the early money. That's pretty telling, honestly. Yeah, man, I this is a this is a surprise to me because my prediction is is whoever whoever was going to play the Rays, whether it be the Yankees or the Red Sox, and obviously now it is the Red Sox, I thought this, is, this series isn't going to be close. I, I was a big fan of the Rays coming into this, but you're saying money coming in hard and fast on the Red Sox. So that'll be a good series to watch. Let's move on to the other ALDS matchup, the Astros and the White Sox. I've said it in this show before, early on off the top of the show. I got the White Sox going pretty far, Sammy P, but let's talk about this series, Astros, White Sox, Astros are minus 125, White Sox plus 105. What do you got in this series? Market agrees with you. This opened up Houston minus 135, so a little bit of money coming in on the White Sox. But as you know, people love their favorites, and they're going to lay this back a little bit. So it's about even money both ways. When I look at this series, man, I want the best rotation. And for my money, given the health and given the current structure, I think that belongs to the White Sox. Who's got a better all-around team in the American League than Chicago? That's with my the point, rotation, man. with the bullpen, with the lineup. And I don't care if Tony LaRusse is 96 years old. He's got two <laughs> rings on his fingers. He knows what to do. This team loves him, despite all the people in the offseason saying that he wasn't a big deal. They were going to choke when it mattered. The money is showing up on the White Sox. I'll tell you what. I can't believe they have the fifth best odds to win the World Series. We'll get into that later on. They are being severely underpriced. I like the White Sox to win this series in four games. Oh, wow. All right, so you got the White Sox in the ALCS. Let's talk about the AL pennant. AL pennant, what do you like there? You're looking at a bunch of prices. You got the Rays, Red Sox, Astros, White Sox. Who do you like for the AL champion? Well, for the reasons I just mentioned, I've got Chicago. And that was the preseason pick, I might add. And I'm not yep. going to flip and flop off my pick. Got them winning the pennant. I think, you know, a 7-1, to one, they make sense for the World Series. But as far as the path here, I love their first-round matchup against Houston because I don't think Houston has rounded in the form. The White Sox just, man, they can hit. They can run. They can throw. They can pitch. They can catch. And I think that bullpen, we talked about this back in May or April, rather, whenever we did that show, the combination of Aaron Bummer, Craig Kimbrell, 
and, and Liam Hendricks in that bullpen, seven, eight, nine, all interchangeable. Plus the secret weapon this year, Michael Kopech. We're going to see Michael Kopech in the fifth inning. We might see him in the seventh inning. You could see him in the eighth inning. He is a wild card for this team. I love what they have out of the pen. If the top of the rotation, we're talking Lynn, Giolito, and Cease can get through five, six innings, that is the best bullpen, I believe, in the American League. Do you like them more against one team or the other between the Rays and the Red Sox? Would you, would you like the White Sox more if it was one of those two teams? I'd like them more if it was Boston, because I think we all know the weak link for Boston is that bullpen. And that's really been the bugaboo for the Boston Red Sox. And I talk to bookmakers and betters all the time, and they say, look, the biggest issue for Boston is if Evaldi and Sale don't have it, who's going to save that rotation? And, and moreover, if the rotation can't go deep, you're talking about taxing a bullpen that's already taxed. I don't know that they have the arms or the horses in the bullpen. So if the White Sox offense can see a lot of pitches and go deep into those rotations and make the bullpen come out, we're talking for Boston, that's a good spot for the White Sox. I hate facing the Rays because the Rays never beat themselves. No, the don't. Red Sox will beat themselves. The Astros can beat themselves. Tampa never beats themselves. So like Wisconsin basketball, <laughs> you have to really, you have to watch out for the little things. That's what the Rays do well. Let's move on over to the National League. Sammy, I love this series. It's the underrated of the two series. Everybody's talking Dodgers-Giants, which we'll get to in a second. But I want to talk Braves-Brewers. You got the Braves uh, plus 125, Brewers minus 150 to win this series. What do you like here? <sighs> I wish Acuna and Ozuna were in yeah. the fold, man. This was this was our preseason baby. Our preseason prediction, man. <laughs> Braves World Series champs, and now the team's a shell of what they were. You had the Hank Aaron jersey on. We were ready to <laughs> rock, ready to roll. This is the matchup between two strengths. It's a power lineup against power arms. And, you know, the Sharp guys, they love arms in October. They're talking about Burns and Woodruff and Peralta. That's where the early money has come in. It's come in on Milwaukee. Now, they opened minus 140. Now we're at minus 150. So a 10-cent move here. And I've been told it's good guys that bet for a living that believe in the pitching. They believe the arms will overcome the bats. That remains to be seen. Obviously, as you know, in these games, sometimes it's one swing or one half inning that dictate the, the whole course of a game or a series. If you leave a pitch up and Duvall hits it 450 million feet, maybe the Braves win this series. But the money is believing in the arms here so far. Milwaukee up from 140 to 150. And as you know, it's because of the rotation. Absolutely, man. I have them. I have the Brewers advancing to the World Series because I believe in their pitching and their entire pitching staff, much so like, like the White Sox. I believe they have a very complete team. So I like the Brewers. So that's good to hear out of you. Um, that the money's coming in on them. Let's move over to the other series, Dodgers-Giants. This one was just solidified a few minutes ago, Sammy P. We just found out the Dodgers are going to be uh, in this series against the, the Giants. Dodgers minus 160, Giants plus 140. Giants, the number one seed, most all of baseball. All the year, they were, they were number one in the power rankings. Dodgers coming in as a wild card team, and they're favored. Is that right? Do we like that? 
I would take the Giants personally, but you have to understand when you're making these numbers in Las Vegas and you're making these power ratings, the Dodgers are still the highest power rated team in baseball. So bookmakers don't care exactly where the series is. I can hear the surprise in your voice when you're like, wait a minute. Dodgers minus 160? Well, yeah, because people bet the Dodgers. They bet them everywhere, especially they make that short drive from California to Nevada, and they just pound the Dodgers. So you have to remember, when you're looking at a price with the Dodgers, you're paying a Dodgers tax. You have to pay that tax because everybody bets the Dodgers. So I would make, honestly, Ben, like I would make this series price, like the true number is probably like minus 110 each way. But because the Dodgers have all the liability here, you need that Dodger money to sort of offset the giant money. And here's the other thing. The books are sort of screwed here. They don't want the Dodgers to get hot and win, but they also don't want the Giants to win because the Giants before the season are like 100 to 1 to win the World Series. So this is <laughs> sort of like a pick your poison thing here. I think Vegas wants the Dodgers to win the series, but they don't want the Giants to win the World Series because then they are cooked in the future book. Well, one thing is for sure. The Dodgers are not going to be driving up to San Francisco, Sammy. I can promise you they ain't driving anywhere. Uh, but, you know, before we move on to the NLCS, I want to ask you, because this was one thing that caught me a little by surprise, the, the favorite to win the World Series coming into the playoffs was the Los Angeles Dodgers. When they still had to get through a one-game wild-card play-in game, essentially, and they were the favorite to win it all. Why, why is that the case? Well, because they were the preseason favorite, number one, and they really did nothing wrong to change their, you know, their outcome, right? All they did was win over 100 games. They just couldn't catch the Giants. And I think you have to remember that all that Dodger money that comes in in the offseason through spring training, March, April, May, June, July, all the way down the line, that money is accounted for right? Like you don't want to write the Dodgers up. Like for example, before the uh, wild card game, you don't want to make the Dodgers 10 to one to win the world series because you're going to just write it down anyways. Like if somebody sees a, a stale number, a 10 to one or an eight to one, they're going to throw a 500 or a thousand dollars on it. And eventually you're just going to write it down anyway. So you leave the Dodgers money where it is. It came in all off season, came in all season you can't balloon it up. It'll just get whacked right back down. So it, it's a valid question, um, but you're right. Like, all right, they might lose this game against St. Louis on Wednesday night. They're still going to be favored because, Ben, they're favored no matter what. They're favored in every series. As long as the Dodgers are alive, they are favored in that series. Even though they might not be the number one seed, they might not have home field, they are favored in every series because of how seriously power rated they are from the bookmakers. All right, so let's move on to the NLCS. And, you know, the Dodgers will be the, the favorite. Uh, you know, you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to pay more to bet on the Dodgers. Uh, the Giants are sitting there plus 300, Milwaukee plus 350. What do you like here? It sounds like you're not on the Dodgers because you're paying a little extra on the price like you just talked about. So what do you like out of the National League side? I love this Giants rotation, and I love their bullpen. Best bullpen ERA in the game. Did you know that? 2.99 ERA when the rotation goes and the bullpen comes in, they are the best in baseball. Now, when pressure packs in in the postseason, things might be different. Uh, but I love this team, and I think you sort of are leading me into this. This number probably should be like plus 180 or 2-1. to one. But because wow. of all that Dodger liability and all that Dodger love, you're getting a bigger number on every other team. The Giant number is higher. The Brewer number is higher. The Brave number is higher. The Cardinal number this morning was 18 to 1 to win the World Series, 10 to 1 to win the pennant. 
It's like, that's insane. But that's because the Dodgers inflate the price on everybody else. So I think this is the year. This is the toughest path for the Dodgers. So I don't want them to have to win the wild card, you know, kind of gas some of that bullpen out. Now you got to go face a well-rested Giants team who has the easiest path, given the fact that they have home field. You're giving me a team with home field at three to one to win the pennant. You never see that, man. You never see that. So I'll play the math. I'll take the Giants at three to one. All right. You're high on the Giants at three to one. And you said it earlier. Best case scenario for Vegas is Dodgers win this game and then lose the next one because they don't want the Dodgers or the Giants winning, which is where my prediction comes in, Sammy P, of the Milwaukee Brewers. What do you think of this? I like the Milwaukee Brewers in large part because of everything we have talked about so far. I think pitching wins in the playoffs. I truly believe in the playoffs you need a one, two, three in the rotation that can shut you down and having Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta, and then being able to pass it to Josh Hader at the back end of that bullpen. Now, don't get me wrong, the Devin Williams injury, going ahead and punching a wall when he was drunk, that hurts. I don't love that one bit, but I'm sticking with the Brewers out of the National League because of their pitching, and I think their offense has enough to get it done. Am, am I crazy for liking that? You're crazy, but you're not crazy for liking that. And <laughs> hey, don't dog my guy for punching a wall. We've all been there. We all went to college. I have right? never been, been there. I can assure you, I have never been there. <laughs> Look, the price on pitching is a premium. I mean, if you have pitching, pitching can carry you a long way. I don't know that the Brewers can win the whole thing, but they can certainly get through a round or two. And at plus 350, 10 makes you 35, 100 makes you 350. Who's got a better rotation in the National League? Nobody, nobody. So if you believe in the pitching staff and you look at a number plus 350, as we just mentioned, is higher than it should be because of all the Dodger money into the market, go ahead and poke it right now. And here's the other thing. If they win that first game or second game, <laughs> you think that rotation is going to lose three straight? So this is a move where you want to get ahead of the curve. And if you like Milwaukee to win this series, we talk about next round, this price is down to plus 140 or plus 150. So you're betting ahead of the move, betting ahead of the slash. If you really love Milwaukee to beat Atlanta, you might as well take the Brewers to win the pennant because then you'll have plus 350 in your back pocket and you only have to win one more round. I will do just that, Sammy. Thank you for that insight. All right, so let's talk about the World Series. We're here, you like the White Sox on the American League side, plus 300. Sticking with the plus 300 theme, you like the Giants on the other side. We're here. We're at the World Series. What do you like in the World Series? For me, it's about the number. And as I said, you know, five, ten minutes ago, I can't believe the White Sox have the fifth best odds. You're telling me there are four teams better than the Chicago White Sox? No, I'm sorry. Best team in the American League, most complete team for all the reasons we've talked about. And I really do think last year, Ricky Renteria held this ball club back. He couldn't manage his way out of a freaking paper bag, man. It, it was pathetic. <laughs> and now you bring in Tony LaRussa, who knows how to win these games. The team has bought in. They know each other so well. And I think the combination of offense, defense, rotation, bullpen, manager, they got thump, they got swag. And if they get into the World Series and I have seven to one in my back pocket, I can hedge, I could sell, I could get creative. I think given the number with the talent, seven to one is the best bet on the board on the White Sox. Wow. So not only do you like the team as a whole, 
you think the Chicago White Sox at plus 700 are is the best value of everybody? It's not the Dodgers. It's not the Giants. It's it's not the Brewers. I mean, you look at the prices. Dodgers four to one. Astros four fifty. I'm not intrigued by that. Rays at six. Giants at six. Okay, um, but ten bucks to make me seventy. A hundred to make me seven hundred on this team with that lineup and that ability and that talent. That that doesn't grow on trees, my friend. So I'm going to take that at seven and one. I think that's the move, Sammy. I love that because they are my World Series prediction. I love hearing you say it. Uh, we did this early on in the year on Talk the Line, and our predictions actually uh, are looking pretty good to this point. The Braves, we had the Braves win the World Series, but some things went awry there. But I'm pumped to hear you agree with me on the White Sox. I really, really appreciate you joining me, my friend. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for helping out the listeners if they want to bet on these upcoming series. You're the man, and I appreciate it. Anytime, buddy. Flip those bats. This is your time to shine. Take advantage of it. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. All right, there you have it. Sammy P. Wanted to thank him again for joining me. What a stud. That guy's a stud, and he knows his stuff. So I would listen to him. Anything you like there, if you guys are aligned, listen to him. This guy's really good at what he does. So Sammy P., thank you again for joining me. But look, it's October Every month, I've given out my power rankings the first of the month. October is no different. So let's get into the power rankings. I'm bringing producer Conrad back out here, and we're going to go over the power rankings for the teams that are still in the postseason. So, Conrad, what do you got for me? All right, Ben. At number eight, you have the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, look, they squeaked into the playoffs. Squeak in as a wild card team. They beat the Yankees. Um, I I don't think they have what it takes from from the pitching side. To, to go very far. And then you got to play the Rays, who just match up well against anybody. So the, the pitching is what scares me. Look, their offense is great. Their offense is great. But the pitching is what scares me. And I think of everybody in the playoffs. Um, that, that, that's why I have the mini. All right, number seven, we have the Atlanta Braves. For them to be at seven, by the way, is incredible. Um, you, you look at what this team has gone through this year. Good Lord. They lose Ronald Acuna, who's a perennial MVP candidate. He's going to be for the rest of his career. Mike Soroka, you think you're going to get him back. And then he has his Achilles injury, uh, and then he re-injures it. Uh, just, just a nightmare. Um, but then they go out at the trade deadline, and they totally revamp themselves, totally redeem themselves, and become a, a different team. And this team is great. This team's a lot of fun. Uh, they, they just hit the ball all over the yard. Adam Duvall hits balls a million feet. Jorge Soler hits balls even further. Um, and then they have Charlie Morton on the mound, who's a gamer, a postseason gamer. I like this team. I like the Braves team. I like the way they revamped it. I don't think it's enough to, to get very far in the postseason, especially to win the World Series. I don't think they have enough for that. But kudos to the Braves for making the right moves to even get to this point. Yeah, coming in number six might surprise some people. Chicago White Sox. Yeah, look, I have them predicted to win it all, but this is based off of off of what we saw in the regular season. And, you know, they, they just kind of cruised into the playoffs, and that's a big reason for this. Um, they were just able to cruise into the playoffs. They were able to give their guys some, some breaks on the mound. Um, and, and that matters. That really matters. When you're just able to cruise into the playoffs, they've known since June they were going to win this division. So that allows you to just kind of ease off the gas pedal. And that's exactly what they did. But 
make no mistake, this team is complete. This team can pitch. This team can hit. They can run. They can close out ball games. I like the White, White Sox. But in, in terms of the regular season, yeah, they, they, they round out here right around six. Got it. Number five, the Milwaukee Brewers. Man, I, I love this Brewers team. It's fun. I have five and six making it to the World Series, by the way. You like that? I like that. Um, I, these teams are built similarly. Simil- similar. Similarly? Similar. These teams are built similar. And it, it's about the pitching. It's about that top of the rotation. It's about that back end of the bullpen. I love this Brewers team. I love what they were able to do this year after they acquired Willie Adamas. This team became great. I'm telling you, if they can get anything from Christian Yelich in these playoffs, my prediction is going to be wrong. They're going to win the World Series. Christian Yelich in 2019 was neck and neck with Bellinger to win the MVP. And both of them this year have just been not good. But I like this team even without him, even with him being the hitter he was all year. So, yeah, uh, I like the Brewers in here at five, but they had a great year, and I like them at the five spot. Number four, the Houston Astros. Best offense in baseball uh, most of the year, if not all of the year. Um, Look, let's be honest. That's why they're here. That's why they are where they are. That's why they're a two seed heading into the playoffs because – they rake. They destroy the baseball. What worries me is their pitching. Um, so we'll see if they can prove themselves in the playoffs. If this pitching can prove themselves, they can easily win the World Series. But yep. that's what scares me, and that's why they're at four. Uh, but this team rakes, so watch out for them in the playoffs. Number three, the Los Angeles Dodgers. But the firepower just doesn't stop. We saw it, we saw it in the wild card game that just happened. It's it's pushing it it's two o'clock on the east coast and, and we're here we just watched the chris taylor walk it off this team doesn't stop coming at you and, and you got guys like chris taylor walking it off you got guys coming off the bench like albert Pujols who rakes against lefties you have cody bellinger who was a 2019 mvp who's batting in the eight hole you have you have mookie you have guys that their lineup just doesn't quit and on paper this is the best team in baseball and i'm excited to see what they do in october they just want a playoff game without possibly their team MVP this year. Exactly. Max Muncy being out is, is catastrophic. I, I don't know uh, when they'll get him back, but they, they need him back. But, but the depth is great already. So they're in the three slot for, for this uh, regular season. Yep. Number two, the Tampa Bay Rays. Best team in the American League. I don't know how they do it. They, know, they always do it. Um, look, one thing that was interesting to me is when, uh, when I talked to Brett Phillips earlier this year. And he talked about, when I said, how? How do you guys do this without the best roster in the world? And he said it's in large part because Kevin Cash just lets us be us. And they're able to optimize our abilities to the best that we can be. And that's what you get with this team. You get every guy on the roster, all 26 guys, being the best that they can be. And what is the result? Well, it's the number one seed in the American League. It's the best seed in the American League. Only one spot left. Got to be those San Francisco Giants. Yep. All year long. I was early on the train. I was early on the train of making them the number one seed in all of baseball. And then they just stayed there all year long. They pitch, they hit, and they catch. It's a great quote. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, 
you catch the ball. If you can do those three things, you'll be successful. Who better than the Giants? They do those things great. They were the best team in all of baseball throughout all year, and they are the number one power-ranked team this season and heading into October. But Conrad, that wraps up my rankings. But what I want to do is, who are the top five? Let's get into the pitchers and the hitters. We'll start with the hitters. The top five hitters to watch in October. Let's do that. Yeah, number five, your must-see position players to see is Xander Bogarts. This guy is underrated. But we got to saw it. We got to see it in the wild card game against the Yankees. This guy gets the, the party started for the Red Sox with a two-run bomb early in the game. Xander Bogarts is a stud. And if you guys don't watch him, you have to. He doesn't get all the love there. You know, he, he never really gets the love he deserves. This guy rakes, and you got to watch him. Coming in at number four, Freddie Freeman. This guy's just consistent. I, I love Freddie Freeman. He's got a swing that's different than anybody else's. But when all the, when all the lights are on him, when it's October, watch out for this guy. He is he is a true professional. This guy just gets it done. So for the Braves to go anywhere in these playoffs, you gotta you, he's gotta get he's gotta go on a tear. Yep, number three, Mister Electric himself, Tim Anderson. Mister Electric himself. You, you look back at the Field of Dreams game with one of the most iconic shots in, in regular season baseball history when he's rounding third, coming home, the fireworks and the cornfields are shooting off. This guy's a big game player. Tim Anderson is a big game player. I'm excited to see him in October because this guy rises to the occasion. He's a freaking stud. And now it's October. All the, brights are, all the lights are on him. The bright lights are on him. What can he do in October? Watch out for him. Absolutely. Number two, Carlos Correa. Yeah, kind of the same thing with Correa. He, he's, you know, he was a stud this year, by the way, an MVP candidate. He, he won't win it because um, my best friend Shohei will. But he's in that conversation. He's a top five MVP candidate because of how he did this year. But when the clock turns October calendar, I guess you would say, not the clock. Clocks don't turn. It's the calendars that do. Carlos Correa becomes a different animal. This guy tears the cover off the ball. He's a stud. I look back at the ALCS last year, walked off the Rays. He, 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 he's got a couple walk-offs in the playoffs. Walked off the Yankees a couple years ago. This guy, in October, dominates. Doesn't not hit balls hard, so watch out for him. And he's trying to secure the bag. Big offseason for him. Great point. This was a huge season for him. Where is he going to go? These could, be, these could be, in my opinion, are... His final game, games as a Houston Astro. It was tough the other night, man. He walked off the field. The the crowd, you know, they gave him a standing ovation. They they did one of those things, you know, where they they pull him off the field and the, the crowd goes nuts and I start crying because I'm a sap. I didn't really cry, but <laughs> I, you know, baseball makes me emotional. This guy's a stud. These could be his last games. He's trying to he's trying to get that bag, like you said. He wants to make that money, and this October will be big for him. Absolutely, number one, the man himself, Mookie Betts. Not the best year in the world for him, but he's Mookie. Yeah. He's Mookie Betts. You look at jersey sales this year. Everybody this year talked about Fernando Tatis, Shohei Otani, Ronald Acuna, all those guys. Who was number one in jersey sales? Mookie Betts. When all eyes are on him, this guy is a stud, man. He is a stud. He isn't, he, he's better than he showed in the regular season. We all know that. Look back to the, the World Series last year. 
against the Rays. This guy's robbing homers. He's hitting bombs. This guy in October is a must-watch. And for me, when it comes to must-watch hitters, Mookie Betts is that number one guy this year. He's that number one guy. So let's look over on the pitching side now. Let's do a top five pitchers that are must-watch in October. We got to see this guy last night or two nights ago now. Number five, Nathan Avaldi. Another guy to me that is, is underrated. This guy, when he takes the mound, should be. Nate Eovaldi should be in that conversation in October with Max Scherzer, with my brother, with Gary Cole as dominant pitchers. He was electric the other night. He's electric. He outpitched Gary Cole. I know he didn't have a good start. I know he only threw two innings and, and gave up a few runs. But Gary Cole's a stud. And Nate Eovaldi outdueled him. This guy in October just comes at you. There's nobody. Look, if I'm the Red Sox, there's nobody that I'd rather on the mound. I'd take him against anybody. I'd take Nathan Eovaldi in a, in a playoff matchup against Max Scherzer. I know that's bold. I would. This guy is a stud in October. So watch him pitch when you can. Number four, friend of the pod, Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, friend of the pod. Um, AL Cy Young candidate for a lot of the year. But... We, we all know how talented he is. The reason I put him on this list is because I'm excited for everybody to see the energy that this guy pitches with. He MFs everybody walking off the mound. It doesn't matter who it is. Somebody could have said something bad about him in the stands, and he'll flick you off coming off the field. He brings that passion. He brings that energy. He actually talked about it. I asked him about that. And he goes, it's, it's, it's nothing against anybody else it's just I, I need to get to that place I get to that place I get fired up and you can see it and now it's October now now all the lights are on him all the cameras are on him what are we going to get from him I don't know but I'm excited to see I can tell you that much no doubt they say juice is temporary and sauce is forever and that man has the sauce Jesus Christ all right who's three number three Lance McCullers <laughs> Lance is a big game pitcher man Lance McCullers is a stud He's a stud. You look at what he did this year in Houston. Nobody gets hits off of him. He's got one of the best curveballs in the league. He throws fuego. This guy went through TJ, and he came back and, and just dominated, man. And, and the Astros need him to be that guy. I, I've talked about it a few times now. What are we going to get from their pitchers? We don't know what we're going to get from 2-3-4. We know what we're going to get from Lance McCullers. It, it's going to be great greatness is what we're going to get. So Lance McCullers is certainly on this list. Whenever he's pitching, you got to lock in on him. Yep. Coming in number two, we have Corbin Burns. Oh, man. I love me some Corbin Burns. Potential NL Cy Young Award? Uh, and that's not a stretch to say. It's him and Max Scherzer, I think, neck and neck. Um, look, Corbin Burns has turned himself into – one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. This guy throws cutters that, are, that move like sliders and they're like 97 miles an hour. He punches out everybody. He's electric. When you look at guys that have electric stuff, there, are, there aren't a ton of guys. You look at these playoffs, there's great pitchers, but this guy just has stuff that is absolutely unfair. So watch out for him. Yep, and then number one, there can only be one Max Scherzer. We just watched him. We just got to watch Max Max Scherzer do his thing in the playoffs against the Cardinals in that wild card playing game. Look, I was there. I went and I went and watched his bullpen leading up. This guy is just full of energy. It's crazy. 
He gets in the bullpen and he's already huffing and puffing. He, he's flipping sliders in the outfield, flat ground, warming up for the game, and he's absolutely pissed at himself for not throwing one great. This guy, more so than anybody, brings the energy. But not only does he have that energy, he has that, that passion, that electric stuff as well. So he's kind of a mixture of everybody that's been on this list. You know, you have guys with electric stuff. You have guys that are big game pitchers in October. You have guys that are exciting to watch. He's a combination of all of those. And that's why, in my opinion, he is the number one pitcher to watch in October. All right, a little extra inning segment before we finish up. And I want to talk about Juan Soto. Not for the reason you think. He's probably going to be the MVP. It's neck and neck with Bryce Harper. But what happened tonight? is what I want to talk about. Juan Soto was in the first row at Dodger Stadium to cheer on his former teammates, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. He was rocking the Trey Turner Washington Nationals jersey. Now, here's what I learned. Juan Soto is potentially the best hitter in baseball. He's also one of the best fans in baseball. He was so fun to follow along with tonight. We saw he was tweeting all night long, let's go, Max. Let's go, Max, with a picture of Max Scherzer out on deck. Um, and just tweet, tweeting about Trey Turner, let's go, Turner, with the fire emojis. Look, how often do you get this? How often do you get a superstar in the game going and supporting a former teammate in the, in the playoffs when his team isn't in the playoffs? It would be easy for him to be salty, but he went and sat in the first row and watched his ex-teammates do work. He also saw some homers, and what he tweeted about it is, I didn't know the home run looked so fun from the stands. <laughs> it was so cool to see him, man. The support, he was live tweeting along with the game. He was high-fiving Max Scherzer after the game and Trey Turner. I mean, it was, I, I, I can't stress this enough. It was, it was really cool to see, and, and you don't see that enough. It's really unique. It's really special. Hats off to Juan Soto for going to the game, for being in L.A., for cheering on his former teammates, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, at Dodger Stadium as they took part in the NL wildcard matchup against the Cardinals. But that does it this week for Flippin' Bats in the playoff preview. Thanks again to Ken Rosenthal, Sammy P for joining me. Two legends. One of the best to ever do it in October, Ken Rosenthal. These guys are awesome, so thanks again for joining me. But guys, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. If you're listening on Apple, scroll down. Click five stars. Leave a review. Super easy to do. October is going to be incredible. So you will not want to miss anything we're doing in October. Subscribe there. Follow along on Spotify. Make sure on social media you're there as well, at Pod on Twitter. Instagram, YouTube. This episode will be out via YouTube as well. But I look forward to October. I'm so pumped up for October. This month is going to be incredible. We're doing live shows. Our first one will be on Friday. There's four games happening. So whenever there's big days, live shows will be happening. More podcasts coming out. October is going to be awesome. So be ready. Make sure you're subscribed, and let's do this again soon. For this week's episode, for the playoff preview, that is it. I will see you next time on Flipping Bats. It's a blowout, eighth inning, 10 Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out a 3 He swings, and it's 
a high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone.